How many podcasts have you listened to where they always say the same thing? Hey, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play. Why do they say that? Well, because it works. If you haven't done that already, go over to iTunes, type in The Monday Christian, and leave us a five-star review, preferably. And uh, that would be just a great way to say thank you, and it helps us a lot. Enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program dedicated to helping you put into action the truth of God's word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. And now, here are your hosts, Ezra Beyer and David Hartkopf. Thanksgiving to all of you out there, to our, our Canadian audience and our American viewers, listeners that are entirely confused about what I'm saying right now. Yeah, as so we were chatting just before this, and as the American here, you know, it, it pops up, you know, happy Thanksgiving to our neighbors in the north. And although I grew up about 25 minutes from the border, uh, shout out Windsor, Canada, uh, I I never really understood why a random Monday in October was Thanksgiving, and uh, maybe maybe you can give us the uh, thirty. I don't want more than thirty seconds, but like, what's up with Thanksgiving on a Monday in the middle of October? Oh, it's just the right way to do it. That's all. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> welcome to the right way to celebrate Thanksgiving. <laughs> you won't believe what he said next. <laughs> See, November that makes no sense to me. November, you, it's like tied into Christmas. So you go and you meet your family for Thanksgiving. And then a few weeks later, you're back to Christmas. October, yeah. see, we spread it out a little bit more, makes so much more sense to me, but. So like, as far as celebrating, is everything similar? Like what, you have to give us like a little cultural background so that we, us ignorant Southern Well, we, we only understand. eat poutine and donuts. That's, okay. That's all, so, all Canadians can eat on that day. That's it's yeah. Assume <laughs> assume someone in our audience might not know what poutine is. What is that? Well, we're go really going down a, r a rabbit trail here. Uh, fries with gravy and cheese curds might not sound the healthiest. Actually, it isn't the healthiest, um, but it's delicious. And the best place to get it is like a greasy food stand alongside the road. Like you see, like a school bus. It's kind of rusted in the bottom side, and um, you pull up there that, that's the absolute best uh if you try to get it from a store it might be okay but food stands are absolutely the best worst for your health um but that's that's what that is no um canadian thanksgiving pretty similar in some ways uh so like a lot of people would celebrate on sunday nights in canada i uh, just just kind of depend um and it was kind of funny when we lived in canada it was it felt like we never really fully celebrated Thanksgiving because because a lot of our family was in the States. So we would, you know, do something for Canadian, but then a lot of times we couldn't really make it back for American Thanksgiving. So there's like a five-year window of my life where it feels like Thanksgiving kind of semi went away. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the brief history of Canadian Thanksgiving, which really was not all that informative. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your help, as I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's called Wikipedia. <laughs> you know, last week we talked about just the importance of casting your bread, sharing it to other people, that kind of thing. Um, this week, the thought of what does it look like to be a more mature Christian, 
Um, so that's why we have you in the podcast, Dave. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who else is going to be sharing here today? As you can see, my office, I'm changing offices, so I'm like bare bones today. But next week, th- there will be a new bunker uh, mm. where the where we'll be recording from. So oh, nice, yeah. nice, yes. So you're you're maturing in your own way uh, over there, hopefully. Yeah, so that's, that's what we call a segue, a poor segue, but a segue there nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 concept of being a more mature Christian and thinking, so Hebrews 5, uh, 6 kind of talks about the concept of milk versus meat. Every time we have a newborn, obviously, we have one right now, it's two and a half weeks old, and you just, you know, you notice how much they love milk, right? It's just every moment of the day is either sleeping or wanting more milk, right? That's just, ha- yeah. just how it goes. And, um, and so I think the challenge obviously is when Christians, uh, Christians who have been, um, in the faith for 10, 15 years, Mm. continue to want milk. That's kind of where the challenge comes. Yeah. I think for there, there's like so many angles we could come at this from, but I think for all of us, uh, when you see, you know, a three month old child, uh, taking a bottle, it's just like. Yeah, it's part of the, the routine, part of the rhythm, as you talked about. But if you saw a 12-year-old or a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old, you know, in some sort of public place and the, the mom is holding a bottle to their face, you would say, hmm, I don't think that that should be happening anymore. That's kind mm-hmm. of bizarre. Yeah. But it it's probably too often the case, and I think there are many reasons why this is not a, this is a multifaceted issue. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think for Christians, it is God's plan for us to grow in grace, to, to ingest the sincere milk of the word, but eventually in community to start eating solid food. And when that doesn't happen, um, I think the person themselves maybe suffers or doesn't experience the fullness that God has for them, but it also creates a, a weakened body. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot here that um, I'm really excited to dig in with you today. Yeah, I think, why do people stay in milk mode, right? And I think yeah. it's just the default, it's comfortable. I mean, yeah. why do does you think a baby that's mostly? Do you think that's mostly a function of the person or the system that they're in or the local body that they're in or yes? Because I see, yeah, I see both yes, sides yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think, Janana and I were talking about this last night, it's interesting, when you think of different people that, okay, let's take a person that has very little, um, very few routines and healthy rhythms in their life. Uh, their sleep pattern is off physically. Uh, they don't maybe work out very much. And so physically they kind of feel that eating isn't very healthy. Uh, their relationships with other people are not very healthy. You, You know, you start going down this list, right? It's hard for them. I would say to grow in their faith because they're so interconnected. And what's interesting, I, I've tried over the years, you try to help people. I think of different points in my life where I've helped people that are, or maybe have a lot of needs, right? And you try to help them mature and grow in their faith, but they don't really have a lot of healthy rhythms in other areas of their life. And so the idea of growing, you almost have to start with that. What does it mean to grow, right? What does it mean to have, again, healthy rhythms in your life? Yeah, and what it, you, the, the the passage actually right because of practice they have their senses trained. Mm. So what does it what does it mean to practice? 
what, yeah. like, how do you, how do you mature in your faith by practicing? I think that's a, that's a question we need to maybe think about today. I mean, you, you deal with students all the time, right? And I'm sure a number of them, I mean, I think back of my early times in Bible college, right? You know, I think back 10 years ago, five years ago, different routines that I have in my life that maybe I didn't have back then. And I think that's just one, one facet of it, that if we don't have those healthy routines, that we, it's hard for us to, so like, okay, let's take a person that is advanced in business, right? And they, they have a strong team around them and they know what it runs to, uh, means to run a high level organization. Now you take that person and all of a sudden they are, maybe they convert to uh, Christianity and you begin to disciple that person. Well, that person is really on a fast track. Again, assuming the conversion is genuine, because they have so many other routines. And so they realize, okay, so I need to get up on time and I need to spend, if I'm really going to do this, I need to spend time in the word. I need to, okay, if I, prayer is really this important, I actually need to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and the problem is, I think a lot of times people that do not have good routines in their life, they, they say, okay, I want to grow my faith. I want to develop, but they often just stop um, because it's what they've done with every other area of their life. And so, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe that sounds too harsh or critical, but that's just something I've seen over and over and over again. Yeah, I think this underscores the importance. Uh, we had H.B. Charles on yep. uh, several months ago, and I just love his consistent teaching. Mm -hmm. He is a mature, discerning, uh, and, and, a, and a very and, an awesome preacher. But one of the things he said in one of his messages um, he said, you don't grow up by yourself. You grow yeah. up as a part of the community uh, that the church, the, that the Lord is building up. And I think this whole idea is underscored by the thought that <clears throat> in this idea of maturation or discipling or growing, there is God's part. And I can't remember the book this came from. It's not original with me. It's escaping my mind right now. But God's part, my part, and their part. I think... God's going to do his part. We, as people who have already uh, been welcomed into the community of the faith and eat, for both of us kind of have leadership positions within the church, um, it's on us to be discipling, and it's on the discipler. Like, there's, there's a part to play for all of So when there's a failure uh, of maturation, when, when it seems like there's too many babies, I think the first pivot to me is, okay, Lord, have I... I failed to disciple in some way, or is there some, is there an opportunity for me to grow as a discipler? And also how can this person as a disciple grow in their faith? I think it's, it's both of those things and it's never, it's never some individual. I think my tradition, one of the strengths is like you should read your Bible, pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. But you know, for the first 1500 years until the printing press, really no one had copies of God's word kind of lying around their house the scriptures were studied and meant to be studied in community. And I, I see when we had, we had the whole innovation of the printing press, which was awesome, that gradually in some places we sort of moved away from that. And that can actually, so yes, I think you should hand a new convert a Bible, but that Bible needs to be studied in community because not everything in that book is easily understood uh, just like uh, Philip discipling the unit, yeah. he's reading this and says, how can I understand this yep. unless someone, and yep. God supernaturally brings Philip alongside to help him. Um, 
understand what he was reading. Well, okay, some in our audience might fall off the bandwagon here, but um, one of the things I've learned from those members, uh, brothers and sisters of the Catholic faith, um, one of the things that has, they emphasize over and over again, well, hey, Protestants, why do you have all these splits, right? Um, And not only that, why do you have all these these offshoots? Um, But it's important that you have someone that knows what they're doing, right? Everyone's not just studying it. Now, the challenge, what I would say is, I feel like they went too far, um, and there's a reason that I wouldn't consider myself a Catholic. Um, but that that concept, I would say, of, of studying it in community with others, that not just leaving people uh, to kind of say, okay, you open the Bible, and whatever God is saying to you through scriptures, you take that and you apply that to your life today, right? Yeah. I think that can be a recipe for disaster. And is, again, is, does God's word have power? Absolutely. But again, yeah. like you're saying, uh, the way that God has wired us is for community. And so yeah. <clears throat> there's certainly many times I learn a lot, right? When I'm just by myself, it ha- happens every day where yeah. I'll be studying. But again, the importance of running this by people like y- yourself or, or others and saying, okay, hey, so I was yeah. reading this. What do you think about that, right? And yeah. um, it's just so healthy. And when you don't do that, then you end up, you end up uh, like embracing these couple of really strange beliefs yeah. that you think are might be original with you, when in yeah. reality it's something the church has talked about for a really long time. You know, you, you yeah. Ever, there's a real yeah. there's a real danger in disconnecting from the body. Yeah. And from the, you know, I I often people you know I'm in school right, and so people always want to they'll ask me questions. What's something you're learning? What's one thing you, if there's one thing, very reductionistic, right? If there's one thing you could change about corporate worship, what would you do? And I think if somehow I could foster an awareness among the people and the leaders of um, not only what the scriptures say, but what history has shown us, just an awareness of how we got to where we are and how you know my subculture might be situated. Yep. I think that changes. I mean, you just mentioned, you know, for example, Catholics, um, and there's so many caricatures of uh, what what a Roman Catholic is. I, mm. I wish I wish you could have been in my class um, a couple months ago. We had like this evangelical Roman Catholic, uh, uh, a, a scholar, a wonderful lady. And she's talking about um, being baptized as an infant and all of this. And then she describes this experience in her early 30s where her words exactly were, this story that I'd heard all of my life so faithfully catechized into me mm-hmm. had to become personal. Right. And I'm like, oh, oh, no, you can't say that because that sounds a lot like conversion. And you, we all know what, you know, like this very... And so... Um, just an awareness and, and learning in this community of faith, I, I think that's maybe one thing I would change because becoming a discerning, mature person means yeah. we hear from our brothers and sisters. Now we don't have to we don't have to yeah. constantly highlight our differences. Right, right. I don't every time I hear the word Roman Catholic, I don't have to pivot to let's talk about Mary right now. You yeah. know, I I, uh, so to underscore what you said, yeah, yeah, I think I would change that. Learn the ability to learn and discern and to see commonality, um, I think is maybe, maybe a characteristic of well, someone that's, who's... You talked about being reductionistic, and I think that's a often a trait, I would say, of 
newer, less mature believers is, okay, so this is interesting. My wife's reading a book on minimalism and, and the author is very much, okay, so uh, how do you spend your time, energy, resources, and not shopping like for a year, doing something radical, right? And yeah. I said, you know what's interesting, Janan? So many people that write books like this often went through seasons of their life where they were horribly undisciplined. And sure enough, right, this this person had been an alcoholic yeah. for a number of years, struggled with discipline in, in many areas of her life. And what what often happens, I would say, for, for newer believers is they, they convert, and it's just an amazing experience. It's like night and day, right? And there's something wonderful about that. And the temptation for some is you want to buy into something that is stable and that is um, that you can understand, easily articulate. And there are a number of pastors, communicators, unfortunately, in the U.S. that offer very clear box-like structures of who God is. And when you find, and when you come across someone who maybe, again, they always quote one communicator, right? That's, this is the person Mm -hmm. I listen to on the radio and this is the person where, and then they like to tell their pastors about that too, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No pressure. Just, just try to keep up with this guy, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, but that kind of becomes their, their lens through how they see God. And the challenge is, I would say, as you mature, it's not like it's not like you don't have your core essentials in place. That's not what I'm saying, but you're able to, um, you're able to look at things with through a more discerning light and say, okay, wow. So this person comes from a completely different background, but has a genuine relationship with God from everything that I can see, but has experiences different from my, my own. And so how do I reconcile that? The easy thing to do is just say, well, okay, they're, they're misguided and they're, you know, they're immature, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and just kind of push them aside. When I would say maturity would call us to maybe um, uh, ask questions um, yeah. and and discern um, what are areas that they could teach us. Yeah, I, I love my my good friend, Phil Brown, uh, shout out, by the way, he, he spoke in chapel this morning and just circumspectly, uh, carefully, articulately shared um a very good message from the scriptures. And I just, I've watched his steadiness. You know, every, I play racquetball with him once a week. He, almost every every time, one of us or both of us, when he's something we're learning from God's word, uh, he'll bring up a proverb. We'll talk about it. Um, there's just this settledness um, and a a carefulness and um, it, you just don't get there by accident, right? I think as so many of us want some microwave, a three-step, pro, you know, three steps to maturity, when when God's uh, plan seems to be a long obedience in the same direction, to borrow Eugene Peterson's um, uh, nomenclature, a long obedience in the same direction, but within the context of a group of believers, yeah. Um, I, I just don't see any, there's no way to get from, I eat Oreos by the sleeve and I'm 100 pounds overweight to running a marathon. The only way to get there is slowly plodding along unremarkably until one day you can run 26 miles. Yeah. And I think that's the way it goes with everything else. I mean, we just mentioned kids. Kids don't have, you know we have this young kid and then the next thing you know, they're tottering and frustrated. And the next thing you know, they roll over and then they struggle to stand and then they take a step and fall on their face. Like nothing in life 
seems God's plan is always seems to be like a farming sort of deal. It's a mm-hmm. long, it's a long game, and most of us want a microwave. Ver- we want the easy pill that gets us to discernment. Well, how do we get there? Well, you stay in community and you stay in the Word and you stay faithful to the means of grace. Yeah, but that sounds like a lot of work, and it kind of sounds boring, and it kind of sounds like maybe a lot of a spiritual warfare. How about the quick way? Like, there's no quick way. You might be yeah. shiny on the outside, but there's there, you're not going to get to a mature spot by accident. Yeah, and well, this is one of the reasons I always caution um, putting new believers on a platform, right, and having them yep. share their testimony right away. I just think that can be really set people up for uh, failure. I have seen that over and over again in churches in the past where people have said, okay, well, this person came to faith last month, right? And they share and they share about all that God's doing in their life. And, and part of that is great. I think there's there's a time and a place, but they can almost become an authority really quickly without going through the process. And I think yeah. that, you know, um, if I were to just, okay, let's go back to Hebrews 5 here. Yeah. And the four characteristics of baby Christians. Let's just look at that real quick. Hebrews 5.11 says, About this we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. So to me, the, the first thing, characteristic of a baby Christian is that they're slow to obey. Um, and I think that's that's a big one. Hebrews 5.12 uh, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. So again, um, kind of building on this, they don't move, baby Christians don't move past the basics. They kind of like that stuff, right? And then become infatuated with that. Um, number three is they, uh, baby Christians tend to suck, but do not nourish other people, right? Yep. Um, and then uh, he, that comes from Hebrews five twelve. you need milk, not solid food. And then the last one real quickly is uh, they're unskilled in the word. Uh, Hebrews five thirteen. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. So you just look over those four things real quickly. I think from Hebrews, you know, baby Christians tend to be slow to obey, don't move past the basics. Uh, they tend to always be very maybe consumeristic, we could say. They suck but do not nourish other people, right? And and are unskilled in, in the word. What would you say? I'm just curious on, from that last one. Why do you think baby Christians tend to be unskilled in the word. Um, it's not glamorous to spend time in the word. It's time consuming and feels, it can feel when you, when you, and you know, this as when you've got, you know, seven writing projects on the docket and they all have a time schedule and all of your clients think that theirs is the most important life changing thing you're writing to get up, and whenever you study God's word, but to spend time soaking and meditating on God's word. That, that's a real, that's a real uh, faith battle every, every day for most people. Um, to go to a Bible study, to avail yourself of a small group at your church, that is, that is time. And time in this age when we have so many things clamoring for our time, is a very difficult thing to do. And I will just, I know this podcast is not, this is not a leadership podcast, but I, just a note to leaders, uh, and Phil often says this, he says, you know, you can't lead your people to places you haven't been. And I think a lot of folks who are in leadership positions, I uh, say, I don't want to make blanket statements. Hopefully that's discernment talking. I hope that people in leadership positions 
are carefully uh, not only thinking, meditating on God's word, but carefully thinking about how they articulate it to people. Because I think sometimes a congregation or a group of people that are unskilled in handling the word, the, the blame, at least in good part, can rest with a leader who's mm. pretty careless, who's yeah. pretty happy for their like three ways to better finances or six ways to a better marriage or five yeah. ways to this or four ways to this or three ways to get out of debt, all of which are awesome things. And the word has stuff to say about them. Yep. But if you're into, like you said, these boxed little syllogisms, you know, I'm not sure that a steady diet of spiritual pop tarts is going to make a spiritually fit people that right. can also train you train those who will train others Timothy. This isn't about you or your platform or building your podcast or selling more books. This is about training those who will train others and equipping the saints for the work of ministry and maybe sometimes and God help me not to be somebody that puts a lot on display but doesn't have much going on behind the counter. I think a big thing too we have to guard against is reactionary thinking. Um, mm. So if you're someone that you've come out of a, a background where there wasn't much taught about God and you came from a very shallow background maybe, and then you came again, kind of referring to what I alluded to earlier, and you found someone who really teaches the Bible well, and then your, your natural temptation, if you're growing in your faith, is to say, okay, wow, finally, right? I have someone who is yeah. teaching me, and this is how we need to do it everywhere. And the danger then oftentimes is that churches like that become very rich, high theology, but sometimes get to the place where they're speaking at a level that just culture has no idea what they're saying. Actually worse, just, maybe they're arrogant as yeah. it's, it's arrogance. Yeah. Yep. And, the, and the, the sad thing is maybe they're right. Yeah. That that's the hardest part. Like, man, right, that's right. some really good data. Yep. That is such good data. But um, yeah, there, there's, there's, isn't it interesting how there are spiritual traps everywhere, no yeah. matter, you know, if you're the mature person, you walk into a service, it's easy to talk about the 10 things that are wrong. Well, that's not really quite right. Well, that word actually right. means this, right. you know, there's this danger to criticize and be bitter. Um, your knowledge can puff you up. And then here's this other danger to, to perpetually be a child. Yeah. Just to feed, feed off this shallow you know, dopamine hits and, and uh, a big show every Sunday and never really going deep in the faith with your community. Well, and I just say this, okay, for those that have gone to the school that you teach at right now, right, and, and others that have gone to similar Bible colleges, Christian universities, and have really learned to study the faith at, yeah. at a high level, there will probably, if you really want to reach others and you really want to make a difference in your community, there will probably come a time when you start to push back on that a little bit and you say, okay, well, you know what? Um, well, really like we're not, we're, we're not really reaching people, right? So, so we're talking up here, but we're not really. And so the temptation I think in that moment is to really water things down and share it at a level that, okay, finally mm. people can understand. And again, to me, just reactionary thinking never helps. And, and I think yes. one of the marks of a maturing Christian is, you don't look at where you've come from to determine your standing with God, right? You just, you look yeah. at your relationship with God and who he's built into your life around you. And you, you do your best not to live from a reactionary mindset. And so to me, yes. from my perspective, use both, right? 
be reading people, yes. missiologists, right, that are connecting with their yeah. local communities. Be reading them and studying them. Yeah. But on the same hand, yeah. um, guess what? People are attracted to when you share truth that is deep and helpful in a meaningful, practical way. It's easy to just buy into one of those two yeah. camps as, as kind of like a reactionary to guard against maybe what you've come out of. Um, but that just doesn't help anyone. Yeah. And I think it's just, I think the mark yeah. more of a mature Christian is they can stand on their own without kind of leaning to, you know, to push back against what others might or might not have done. I think, I think you're hitting on here. You're hitting something here. So important. Um, and others that I've chatted with here in my context, we talk about learning to say yes and also yes, mm -hmm. but, and I think they're, um, man, shout out to Joey Ratcliffe for doing a great job teaching yesterday, but he pointed out some biblical paradoxes, uh, God's sovereignty and also man's free will, um, it's several several things that he used kind of as an opener to some of his teaching where we have to say, yes, that's true, and yes, that's also true. We're having uh, in a little uh, was it next couple of weeks, yep. John Walton, isn't that yep. pretty pretty soon? So uh, a scholar, uh, a good writer, uh, uh, ancient Near Eastern sort of deal, uh, some of the earlier write, earlier books of the Bible, a lot of commentary research. And we've also had Nick Ripkin on. I bet you if we got them in a room, they would have some different perspectives on what is it, what it means mm -hmm. to disciple people. But within the body, their gifts and their voice and the part they play are both yep. important. So what I can't do is say, this person is wrong and I we just need this. You know, we need, you know, it's all about reaching out, right? Everything's about reaching out. It's like, well, reaching out is a is part of the Great Commission. Okay, that's part of the discipling process. We're looking for new people. And also, we are also looking to make mature people out of the people that are already here. So it's yes and yes. We need both voices. And I think a reactionary person or an immature person can't yeah. handle yeah. that. They're not comfortable with saying yes yeah. and also this. Yes, but yep. also this. They say it's this or it's this. It's yep. very binary. That, that's exactly right. Th those two differences, yeah. It just comes down to where it's 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 uncomfortable, right? It's it's uncomfortable to do that, yep. and I think again, one of the marks of a more mature Christian is you become more and more confident in who you are in Christ, right? That that yeah. l less of the things around you, the temporary things that really don't matter a whole lot, begin to sway you a lot less and less. Yeah, I, I think that that's a huge thing. Yeah. And my fire alarm, okay random note here started just started going <laughs> off here so we're spitting fire dude we're spitting fire <laughs> my wife she woke up at like what well, i think it was three uh, in the morning the other night we both woke up and we're like oh my goodness and and she's like and the bad thing is these are all going to start going off at the same time so this so yeah so this one decided to go out a day later go figure so if i were smart i would go and replace them all at once but you know yeah, i'm in but we don't have time for that right <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Anyways, just circling back to that, just that that importance. I think. Okay, Acts 10, uh, seventeen. Let's just go there, just kind of to wrap things up. Uh, we talk a lot. A lot of people yeah. will say, okay, the importance of being for for um, immature Christians to be Bereans, right? So, what does that actually mean? Yeah. Uh, let's just look at this real quickly. Acts seventeen says the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, 
And when they arrived, they went into the, into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Uh, many of them uh, therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. So when you read that passage, Dave, what comes to your mind? Uh, two things. One, classically, God wants you to be Berean. The messages that I've usually heard is like, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. What I see now is a faith community that was deeply committed to looking at the scriptures together. And I think, you know, for the first 1,500 years until Gutenberg did his thing, really, we didn't have a ton of these laying around. And scriptures were always studied in community because we didn't just have them lying around. And I, I think we need to recover the idea that, <laughs> excuse me, that we, excuse me, as I, what happened there? The smoke, the a, smoke. Vo <laughs> a voice of death just came upon need, you. Yeah. It, <laughs> did you ever have this when you're speaking in There's public? There's a reason the fire alarm. And all of a sudden it's like, it, it's like you start like choking or something like that. And, and like, you can't stop it. And you're trying to finish the sentence and all of a sudden your voice just goes like, Ugh. and so. I've been yeah. there a million times. That's basically what happened. <laughs> yeah. but. So, like, uh, yeah, community. The, the importance of studying the scriptures together in the context of community, in the context of faithful, mature people that are able to handle and divide, and most importantly, are living the truths in this book. And, and, and uh, as, as Dane Ortland said to us, summoning other people up to join them on this joy-filled pursuit. Love it. And I guess, wh where do people start? Um, if someone is, they're listening to this and they're saying, well, you know what? I, maybe I am an uh, immature Christian. And where do I start with that? And I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I've got a bunch, but what do you think? Number one, you've got to be <laughs> tying into that. You have to be plugged into a healthy local body. And you need to have friends that are pushing and summoning you up to grow in your faith. You need running buddies. You need, you need a spiritual SEAL team around you to hold you accountable and to, to, to seek God passionately together. The early church are great examples of this. They were imperfect. You can see their problems in Acts, but they were, they were seeking God together and summoning one another. Okay, up. and I'll, I'll take this in a slightly similar but different direction. Yes, do that with other people. An easy way you can do this. Here's a simple thing I just did yesterday morning. Okay, so I'm reading from Matthew 10, right? And uh, it's just such okay. a powerful passage. And so I, I'm reading Matthew 10 here. And then here's the cool thing with technology and everything. We have an awesome, like, simple way to communicate with other people. So, okay, so I'm reading Matthew 10, and it's talking about, like, have no fear, Okay, and I'm reading read a little commentary on it, and you think, okay, what is fear? Okay, that's the most often the the biggest command in all of Scripture. Okay, that's interesting, the one that's yeah. most often referenced. Um, okay, so so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will be revealed or hidden that will not be known. And so, what is fear? Fear comes from the unknown. We can't control it, so it's unknown. Yeah. Okay, what do we do, right? And so, what's the solution for it then? And the solution really is to be in great relationship with the one that knows everything. And from that comes confidence. Yeah. And just a couple of verses later, right, it's talking about how 
uh, he knows the value of every sparrow, right? That's how intimately God knows us. And so as we get to yeah. know him, fear can be pushed away. And so I sent this passage okay. to a few of my friends, right? Just say, hey, this is something yeah. that I'm learning. I just want to encourage you today. And that takes, what, about a minute to do that. A little snapshot of the Bible, little note, and that's it, right? But just that simple yeah. way kind of keeps it from, oh, here's a discovery I just made and involves others in the process. So yeah. simple. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's like, and it's part of what mature people do. We don't just, like you said, we don't just eat, okay? We don't just consume, but now we're looking to feed others. I think that's a mark of maturity. Um, that's, that's uh, man, that's certainly what Phil and others who have poured into my life, you know, as you, you texted me the other day, I can't remember if this one or it was a different one, but just something from the scriptures, and it encouraged me. Um, yeah, it's easy to do, but it's very uncommon, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I, I just... To me, it just comes back to, the, again, the simple thing, like we talked about last week of breadcasting. If you commit to that yep. relationships are the most important thing in the world, obviously your relationship with God is important, and that's the primary. But then find ways to involve others in that, and that, that just that really, I think, expedites the growth process. So, that, And it's a, joy, it's a joy-filled yeah, journey. Exactly. I just want people to know that. It's not like—it really isn't the no-fun league. The more you get to know somebody— the greater intimacy you have with God and with his yep. people, the, the body that you're a part of, the, the blessings are just yep. incredible. And there's a lot, of, a lot of joy associated with growing up uh, into the full measure and stature of Christ. Yeah, I'm all about making it fun, right? Yeah. Doing. So I, yep. I was working out the other day, and I text my buddy. He loves to work out, so he's got like these massive biceps, right? Kind of like, kind of like mine. <laughs> and so I sent him a picture <laughs> of, of mine on flattering ones. And I said, Hey, I said, I'm going to open a new gym. It's called less guns, more funds. What do you think? It starts <laughs> February 1st. Right. It, you should do like January. Yeah. All the people that give up <laughs> at their new year's exactly. resolutions to be like the next CrossFit yeah. winner. Uh, you see, this is like for normal people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. No, it's, it's a joy to follow Christ, joy to walk in, in relationship with other people next week. Oz Guinness on the podcast. Pretty excited about that. That's yep. that's going to be a great one. Actually, got some really really interesting guests coming up. One uh, who wrote a bunch on the Enneagram. So okay, out of my comfort zone, but oh no, I'm all about oh, stretching no. us. So that's going to stretch us some more. Yeah. So, okay, dude, I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go change Can't this wait. fire alarm, or else uh, it's going to drive me crazy, yep. and our audience is going to go crazy as well. So talk to y'all later, and uh, have a good week. And we'll be back next week with Oz Guinness. You've been listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program that helps you put into action the truth of God's word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. For more info on this program, simply visit our website, themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.